Hey everyone, this is Eric from Dungeons & Tangents. This episode, we're going to discuss the most unfortunate thing that can happen in a game of D&D. Running out of snacks. I mean, a player's character dying. We asked the question, can a game of D&D still be fun when a character has died? I hope you enjoy. This is Robert. And this is Eric. And this episode, we're going to be talking about, well... What happens when a character dies? My favorite topic as a, a dungeon master. <laughs> and we've talked about this this topic one on one with one another quite a few times, and I think the first time we talked about it was when I had to deal with killing off your character. Like I wanted yeah. to kill your character, and I didn't know how to do it that wouldn't like ruin the game, and that was. The big problem that I was having was, can I kill a character as the DM without it ruining things? Yes, you can. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Although, to be fair, that session when my character died was the last session we ever played with that group. So <laughs> maybe it did uh, kill everything off. I don't know. Uh, to, be, to be fair, I left for <laughs> England. Oh, no, that was right after I came back from England. Was it? Yeah, it was, actually. Uh, and then I got the Yawning Portal and decided I wanted to run Sunless Citadel. And then I spent like two months getting myself prepped for Sunless Citadel. Uh, no, we, we actually, I think we, we planned for two days on how to do that. Yeah. Because it felt like it needed to happen. There were a lot of different reasons why your character needed to die. One of them <laughs> was... Something epic needed to happen in that storyline to kind of mm -hmm. cap it off because it felt like everything had built up to a certain point and something needed to happen. And I put too many things in place. That was the other problem. I had too many conflicts going on and I need to close the door on as many as possible. One of the things that I thought it was a really good opportunity for it to be Elios was the fact that he'd gotten so far off track of what my character concept for him was. Oh, right. But, uh, and that was because you as a player were the most experienced in the group, and so everybody inherently seemed to be turning to you for advice and to be the leader. But I had come into that thinking I, I was really going to play Elios as this very bookish, very cowardly, constantly hiding character who would just sling a couple spells and and then maybe you know duck down uh, and somehow that turned into a complete psychopath who <laughs> would just stab somebody at the drop of a hat not what i was going for at all for him i don't know i think i think it was the the nature of the the group of players as well as the story and just everything contributed to you not wanting to play that character anymore is that Effectively, I, I enjoyed the character. It just it, it was becoming harder and harder to justify because I had completely built a backstory around uh, a different kind of character. I don't think you told everybody the backstory though. Yeah. Well. So, but anyway, and then for me as a DM, I had introduced conflicts between like six different parties, six different groups, and it was it was too much for me to keep track of in my head. There was too much going on, and thankfully there was a magical portal, and we could close the magical portal if somebody made a 
big sacrifice. And so... And, and Elios fit that bill also because he was not going to be able to maintain that pattern of behavior without dying very soon anyway. <laughs> so it was going to happen. Got to back up a little bit. Sometimes you get to choose when a character dies, and this sometimes is you don't. Yes. <laughs> In this case, it was a narratively built death of a character. Yes, but I think it very it, it proves the point of when or what it is about a character dying that can make it enjoyable or miserable. Right. And that is that we made sure that when Elios died, there was purpose to it. Yeah, yeah. It had an effect on the story, and most importantly, it affected and contributed to the experience of the players. When we talked about it before the session where where Elios died, that was the point that hit home for me. The fact that if there is meaning to the death, then everybody will be satisfied. If there is no mm-hmm. meaning to the death, then no one will be satisfied. And it doesn't have to be a, like a, an orchestrated event either. If, if it happens naturally or organically and there's meaning to it, there's weight to it, uh, what you, it's going to happen. You're going to come away with one of those moments that you talk about with players and you tell stories about. And you're not going to be like bitter or resentful over it, or hopefully you won't. Obviously, that was an orchestrated one. Yeah. It was, it was planned by you and me. Nobody else knew about it, and it was supposed to be kind of a big reveal. I think everybody was really damn tired when it did happen, <laughs> though, because there was not a lot of, oh, my God, Elios is dead. Um, it, was, it was kind of a, oh, okay, well, okay. <laughs> Guess they didn't really like you. It's okay. <laughs> I played a, what do you call it, a live play? Or a... Uh, organized play? Yeah, I played an organized play game uh like two months ago where it was just a one day four hour game and my character died at the end it wasn't orchestrated it was you know the dice rolled bad and my character died because the dice rolled bad and the dm focused enough damage on me that Mm. my character died when when thinking about it putting it up against that test was it a meaningful death or was it a meaningless death it was meaningful enough i guess and because it was just a one-shot game, I was I was happy. Like, my character died, great. But then I'm a different kind of player than some players. It, it really depends on what it is that you're looking to get out of that experience. Right. And for me, I love a good story. For some players, they want, they want to win. Yeah. And to win... Well, I think we talked about this earlier today. Winning at D&D is a very difficult thing to define. There's no goal. When you sit down, the DM doesn't tell you, your objective is to X. I mean, he might say, you guys are going to um, go find a treasure, or you're going to save the princess, or you're going to escort this person to somewhere. But once you do that, the game continues. You haven't won D&D. You've just completed a little quest. Yeah, we talked about the kind of player who has a, a need to play a game that they have to be able to win or lose. Yeah. And that either they they may not be well-suited to D&D, 
or D&D may not be well suited to them. Yeah. Or they may need to change their expectations of what they're going to get out of that game. I think that's more more of it than anything is that if you come into the game and you're like, I'm going to win at D&D, then your expectation is that there is some sort of win condition. Which is true of like almost every other game that the average person plays. And it's not unreasonable. No. To want to win when you're doing something. And I think that what we landed on was was one of two things. One is that if if you have to have that kind of binary thing that is a result of a mechanic, then the closest you're ever going to get is D&D is just a game that you can just delay losing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're not going to win. You can definitively lose when your character dies, but you're not going to win because uh, there's always more that you could be doing. And so from a, a straight rule mechanic, that's as close as you're going to get to a win or lose type of game. And most probably at that point, you're going to be very, very close to not playing anymore because it's not going to be your, 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 your kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, if you're motivated by an end goal and you never see an end goal, you're probably not going to be very motivated that to end play goal sh- has to a requirement is that it has to be a result of the mechanic and the rules. Yeah, that's kind of a rough ask for D anD. d Yeah, if because that was about if not dying is winning, then you could literally just say, you know what, I go hang out in that hut over there exactly. for the next forty years, and I've won D anD. d The other thing was that if you kind of embrace D&D, you win whenever you come away, whenever you come out of a session with a story you're going to tell you and your friends are going to talk about at lunch the next day, uh, stuff you're going to go home and, and tell your significant other about or And then they're going to be down. like, stop telling me about D&D. I just don't care. So you won <laughs> D&D, great. Um that's how you really win. That's how you really get it's those experiences you get out of it, which you get by contributing to the story, by contributing to the experience of yourself and the other people at that table. And it may be that, that the way that you do that or the way that that happens is your character dies, and that's okay. There's contribution to the story, but there's also, you said, contribution to the experience. Yes. So, for example, when my character died at this... Um, it was a Pathfinder Society game. I stopped playing, obviously, but then I was hanging out, watching everybody kind of uh, vindicate my character's death. After the fact, we took pictures with me, like, splayed out on the ground. Mm-hmm. The nature of the way that my character died was funny because uh, the the DM was controlling it, was uh, running an intellect devourer, and my character was the dumbest idiot ever. So it was like my character's death and then subsequently having his brain sucked out was uh, a humorous event. And it was it it made our game more interesting than the other games that were happening around us, at least from my perspective. It looked like it did. If my character hadn't died, it would have been less of an experience. It, It just would have been. Absolutely. And and not just for you and not just people at your table or that were there. I, I wasn't playing with you. I wasn't part of that event or anything like that. I was at home looking at my phone on Twitter, cracking up because you had posted <laughs> about it. I saw a picture of you on the floor. I saw the tweet about 
uh, your barbarian being killed by an, an intellect devourer. And I was cracking <laughs> up. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Somebody that wasn't even there, you had no idea that I was paying attention to that, those Twitter posts that day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was able to enjoy that experience, even if just a little bit, just because of being aware of what you were doing and, and what happened, you know. So you were you contributed to the experience of my day, and I wasn't even playing with you. I, I got to say, though, that because my character was a throwaway character, I didn't have a lot of investment in that character. Like, I knew I was going to be done playing at the end of that day with that character mm-hmm. and probably wouldn't use them again. Whereas, if you've been playing with a character for, like, six months, I think I think you've been playing Elios for six months... Mm-hmm. When you lose that character, you lose all that time and investment. It's a little like losing a friend, or it can be, depending on how invested you are in the character. The way that I look at it is this. I could have had a character like Elios that we played, and we could have played for years, and things just kind of, maybe he got to the seventh level, and we just... You know, stop playing, or we achieved whatever it was, and then we switched to a different game with different characters, and all that. I would have known that I enjoyed playing Elios, but I wouldn't have had like a definitive experience with Elios. I have a, a definitive story for Elios now because of the fact that not just that his, that character died, but because they achieved something that was definitive for that party. That's true. Like you had said, if you just want to, if winning is just not dying, you can go play it safe the whole time. Right. But you're not going to remember that character or have any affection for that character. Having that, those stakes is what makes it so enjoyable for me, at least. I think that's a mature uh, approach to character death and character life. When I was younger, having my character die felt like I didn't get to play anymore. And that's something that we also talked about, which was the maturity, the experience level, and sometimes just the straight age of a player can heavily impact how they take a death of a character. Yeah. What, how they perceive the win-loss condition of D&D. Uh, I'll say, I haven't said this before to you, but that game that I played for a week in middle school, it ended because one character died. And that's what started the downward spiral. It was one character died, and because that player was so hurt over the fact that they couldn't play with us anymore, they were just like, fuck this, and walked away. And then one of their really close friends was like, well, I don't want to play anymore either. And and then we were like, okay, we're going to go kill your character then. And we all killed his character, and then it was just a bloodbath, and we killed one another. It was Mm -hmm. horribly immature. But again, we were in middle school, so... So there could definitely be consequences to this. You want to know your... I don't want to say you want to know your players because you don't ever want to feel like you can't kill off characters, <laughs> right? It yeah. Might feel like you shouldn't, but you should never feel like your whole group is held hostage by one player. No. Who might flip the table, walk out, take the ball, and go home. Right. Um, and, and that is what happened. Fuck them. For that group. And, and yeah, like, obviously that group was not going to stick together mm-hmm. if one character dropping out was going to destroy it like that. And I, I got to have a hand in Elios. Right. His demise, right? It was still kind of like, huh, but I really enjoyed playing him. But it takes a couple minutes before like, ah, but now I get to roll up a new character and right. fold that in. What, what am I going to do next? Uh, how am I going to play off of the death of my previous character? It's, it's opportunity. It's possibility. 
in the early days of D&D, the game was treated more like the transactional mm-hmm. sort of board games that you would play it for, you know, two, three hours, and then you'd be done with the game. I feel like that mentality is what led to the old style D&D where it was just like, I'm going to kill your characters. If the DM would be so brazen about, yeah, come to my dungeon and see how you'll do. But people were, they'd have their stack of characters ready to go. Yeah. Another thing that, I mean, there is significant value to character death. Another thing is that the characters who do not die value and appreciate the fact that they do not die that much right. more. They can suddenly get very bland, very kind of just this yeah. vanilla of just session to session, gaming and gaming and gaming. We're going to be fine. We know we're going to be fine because we're always fine. I am oh, totally shit. We're not going to be fine. It's not, it's not a guarantee, right? I am totally killing more characters. <laughs> and, and not in... So the, the fact that you and I planned Elios' death, that was a problem because it told the other players, we planned this. It was obvious because it, it fit into the plot. It was obvious. Maybe it wasn't obvious, but it was relatively obviously structured so that your character would die in a somewhat glorious way. It was a little way. too neat. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like you rolled some dice and found out that, oh, shit, I ran out of hit points and then I ran out of saves. In fact, we almost rolled some dice and fucked up the plan at one point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, Elios almost died at the wrong time. <laughs> and uh, that cheapened Elios's death a bit because it wasn't at the hand of fate. It was at the hands of me, the DM, planning something for the plot. Which is maybe why people didn't get surprised by it. I think that's that's easily remedied. Just just kill off a couple characters. Well, exactly, kill them off by the rules. That's the that's the weird thing about being a DM is, if I want to kill a character off, all I have to do is bring out a, you know, CR twelve monster, takes one hit, yeah. and then I let everybody run. <laughs> it's it's funny when we were playing uh, Lost Minds of uh, Fandelver. For the first two sessions, I was fudging rolls, doing everything I could <laughs> to keep you guys alive. Uh, we had three players, I think, who hadn't played before. Yeah, yeah. Um, who were brand new, and we were trying to get the rules across. And so, I mean, I was, I had a couple of those game science dice that I, for a while there, I thought all they rolled were 20s. <laughs> I was critting left and right, and I had to, I, I lied about fumbles. I was like, you're, you're fine. Um, and after that second one, the, on the third session, the train wheels came off. And then on the fourth session, I was actively trying to kill you guys, and I couldn't do it. Oh, right, with the owl bear that came with out of nowhere. With the owl bear, with multiple things, with a couple of uh, NPCs who had multiple attacks per round. Uh, I mean, I wasn't like fudging rolls in against you guys, but there there were no corners cut. And uh, I stacked the deck against you guys a couple times, and... I couldn't get it done. Like I thought the owlbear was a uh, a home run. And, and you guys dropped it before we even got to you. That was so disappointing. That was that was an amazing encounter. Just <laughs> in in hindsight it was an amazing encounter. It was. I didn't realize because I'd never interacted with an owlbear before. I didn't realize how beefy those things were. I just I was slack-jawed, just numb from all of that. I, I mean 
I had I, I made sure I had a fig just for that. Right. I I went to Randy Games. I grabbed a, a miniature. I was ready and I was psyched and I and I knew that at some point you guys are gonna roll that random encounter and because it was a twelve out of a d twelve, you got told it was Albert. And I like, this is going to happen at some point. And I rolled it. And I think I rolled it in front of you guys. It was boom, Albert, Just ear to ear grin. Yeah. I went out and I got the, the figure out. And then about three minutes later, it was done. And I was <laughs> heartbroken. There's a lot of fumbles on your side and a lot of, I don't know if we had criticals, but we had some very high rolls. And, and I don't and think we missed once. You, you did an excellent job of taking advantage of the fact that it was rushing you from range. Mm-hmm. And so you just tore it apart with a bunch of ranged attacks a couple of spells uh, it was very int- <laughs> that should have killed uh, Brittany's character I forget who it was who summoned the illusion of the uh, second owlbear was that you? yeah I was like I'm going to summon an owlbear and that owlbear is going to scare off the owlbear oh that that was the <laughs> well, trouble moment it was, it was not a summoned owlbear it was I'm going to generate an image of an owlbear in attempts to convince the owlbear to mm-hmm. back off. And then when that didn't go your way. That did not go my way because <laughs> what your your logic was that the attacking it, owlbear thought, oh, there's a new owlbear. It's going to try to eat my food. Well, I need to get to my food faster. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and just the, the beautiful expression on your face of just pure joy just turned to... Like, yeah, I was like, what? No, you can't... Oh, I guess you can't do that. That sucks. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, it didn't last long because you guys wrecked that owlbear anyway. Uh, I, I was just astonished. That, uh, I, I I was so ready for one at least one of you to drop and then have to get stabilized, but it didn't happen. No, not at all. So I, I asked you this earlier today, and I'm sure your answer hasn't changed since earlier today. How many characters have you had die? I, I think it's three, but I can only remember two. Definitively, I can only oh, remember okay. two. That's not a lot. Uh, Timberwind who I, I talked about, I think, in the Memorable Moments episode, yep. he came close almost every session. Uh, so I might be thinking the higher number than it is. But he didn't. It's funny. He died, I'm pretty sure, in a, a, a random encounter at night that, that Ken sprung on us. <laughs> random encounters usually feel like meaningless things. They're not connected to the plot. Well, I mean, he did a good job. I don't. It may not have been random. It may have been orchestrated, but it kind of felt random you could never tell with him <laughs> everything felt like it it was personal but um well, that's good no it was great timberwind had survived so many i'm certain orchestrated events that were designed to kill him that he the, <laughs> the 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 porticalist that came down the the charm attack that he did where he almost wiped up the party we're just from the very brink. Who's able to come back and, and be okay? And then there was this thing where he just he ran off into the, the dark at night, and with a much higher movement than everybody else. And so by the time everybody got to him, he'd already bled out. Oh right. Um, so I I probably think of him as being three or four deaths, but he was just the one. <laughs> uh, and then Elios is the, the one oh, that right. I can specifically remember. That that seems like I mean you. I know you've played significantly more than me. I played a lot of campaigns where we got to about fifth level, and we would just stop and then start mm-hmm. a new game with new characters. Uh, for some reason, that fifth or sixth level was right around the time when I don't know if we just ran out of steam on the story, but we would just do a new story in a new setting. The experience I've had is after about ten sessions, it seems like a group 
it's kind of like, eh, this is, I'm, I'm done. Unless it's a really strong group. And it gets, and it gets really hard for everybody to adult and, and meet, you know, and just you, all those things that kind of pull you away where you can't meet one Saturday. And then if that happens two or three times in a row, people just stop getting together. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, and I've, I've covered now the two character deaths I've ever had. One was three or four weeks ago with the Pathfinder Society game when I lost my big dumb barbarian. And then the other time was in middle school. Were you the one who, who flipped the table and took the ball home? No. <laughs> no, I think I was one of the last characters that got killed. Ah. Uh, I don't think everybody in the group got killed. It was sort of like one guy got killed and he thought that the DM was in to get him. And he was like, okay. fuck you. Uh, oh, no, I remember who it was. So Tyler was the one that, that was like, fuck you. You killed my character. And he takes off. And then his friend Paul is like, well, I guess I'm not going to play with you guys anymore. And he goes and hangs out with Tyler. And we all kill Paul's character. <laughs> and then somebody must have turned on me because I'm pretty sure I was the next one to go. And then they were like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, it's it's not going to be at that. At that <laughs> no. point, you're not playing D and D anymore. You're playing, no, you know, it's, it's, uh, math deathmatch, and that's yeah, um, that's not what you signed up for. Math deathmatch, <laughs> Mad Max and the the Thunderdrome. Yeah, instead of gasoline and guns, you just sit there and roll dice, and <laughs> whoever loses has to go home. I started this episode with the question: Can I kill a character and still? have fun in the game absolutely and i'm i'm guessing the reason i started with that question is because my experience in middle school was the first time a character died it was over the fun was over yeah but when you have a, a group of players like that who let me put it this way yeah if somebody can't handle a character death that's done well it's best to find out now so that they can take the ball and go home because that's I don't want to play with them anymore. That's true. They can take the dice, they can go home, we're done. We can find somebody who can better fill that spot at the table. That's true. I think we've discussed the death of characters quite nicely. Yeah. Kill your player's characters, see if they're worth playing with that player or not. I, I will. All right. All right. It's an interesting exam for a new group. See how they deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. The subject of our next episode is not yet determined. If you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent, or go to our website, DungeonsAndTangents.net. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.